0: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Oh, sorry. Afternoon. Afternoon. Sorry. Happy New Year to you all. Um, Thank you for all of you that came out to the New Year's Eve service. I know some of you came hoping that there was going to be a a little jig about 12.15. And you got here and you saw me, Pastor Rob and Bertram, three old codgers and... uh, who just wanted to get it over and done with and get home. So uh, it kind of went out the window. (laughs) So today, um, the title of today's message is Don't Drag the Past into the Future. Four goals for 2020. And the verses we're going to be looking at today is Philippians 3, 13 to 14 and Colossians 3, 12 to 14. So just by way of introduction, we all know that it's a time of the year with a fit of great optimism, many many of us make promises to ourselves about what we're gonna do for the new year. According to research, about 60% of us admit to making New Year's resolutions, but only 8% of us Successfully achieve them, regardless of whether we've achieved our previous resolutions. Most of us go right on ahead and make a new set, hoping for the best. Did anyone make a set of New Year's resolutions for 2019? Did anyone? Can't remember that that far. How many of you have already given up on this year's resolutions? So, here are the top 10 resolutions that were made in 2019. Number 10 was to spend more time with family and friends. Number 9 was to drink less alcohol. I thought that one would have been higher up. Number 8 was to find a new job. Number 7 was to read more. Number 6, quit smoking. Number 5, learn a new hobby or skill. And number four, which I would have put at the top, was to save more and spend less. And obviously the top three are always the same. Number three was to lose weight. Number two was to exercise more. And number one was to diet and eat more healthily. Truth is, many of us will abandon these by the second week of January. First week, yeah? Wow. First day, yeah? <laughs> 10 minutes after making it. But let's be honest. How many of us exercise past February? I mean, I used to go gym and work out. I know it don't look like it, but I did. In January, the gym was packed. No, no apparatus you could get on. Come February, the gym's empty. I even know someone that pays £23 a month for a gym membership and they don't even go. Well, this year I'm determined that it's going to be different. I've made my resolution... uh, I've made some resolutions that I know I I can definitely keep for the whole of 2020. I've decided to eat more and exercise less. (laughs) No, I can keep that one. But seriously, this morning I want to talk to you about some resolutions, some commitments, which I believe will make a radical difference in our lives if we will follow through on them. So let's pray and get into today's message. Father, we thank you for bringing us into a new year. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word. Lord, um, as we sang earlier, I surrender we recognise that there are things that we will surrender, and there are things that we that challenge us to surrender to you. Now, Lord, I hope this message will um, ignite that and help us to think about, you know, some of the challenging things that that we're going to be facing this year, and help us to be able to surrender to them, Lord. So, Lord, pray that our ears will be open, our hearts will be attentive, and we will be humble to enough to um, hear what you're saying Lord and to act on it in Jesus name Amen Amen. So what should the top ten resolutions look like for the Christian Pray more Read through the Bible in a year Maybe study the Bible Maybe start serving, Pastor Rob talked about serving today Fellowship more we all need to be fellowship pin. What else um, could I add to this list? Anyone? It's a rhetorical question. No? Nothing else? Just those five things, yeah? That's going to hold us for 2020. Okay, cool. So, let me just tell you this little story. A boy says to his father, Dad, there are three frogs sitting on the edge of a pool. One decides to jump off into the pool. How many frogs are left? His dad replied, two. No, the son replied. There are three frogs and one decides to jump. How many are left? I know, said the father. If one decides to jump, then the others will follow. So there are none left. The boy said, no, dad. The answer is three. The frogs only decided to jump. Great inspiration and great resolutions. But oftentimes we only decide, and months later we're still sitting on that same old edge of do nothing. What I want to offer us. Sorry. What I want to do is offer us a way of starting a new year which will significantly change our lives. So here's what I want to suggest. I believe if we will make these four commitments that are in the, word of, that the Word of God encourages us to make, maybe the start of 2020 can become the most significant event in your life. So here they are. Commitment one. Commit yourself to forgive your failures. Philippians 3, 13 to 14, which is going to come up, I think. Thank you. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forwards to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. You see, I don't know of any more relevant or practical advice for us at the start of 2020 than the one I've just read. You see, we don't have to live our lives imprisoned by our past. All of us have failed in some way in our lives over the last year. We probably won't see our failures recorded in the history books, but they are recorded in our hearts and in our minds. And for many of us, those failures can be painful memories. Maybe for you it's that memory of that failed relationship. You made the wrong decisions, you said the wrong things, and the relationship ended. Maybe you fail to love your spouse the way you should. Or your parents who invested time and money in you and you feel as though you failed them. And all of us, in some way, shape or form, know that we failed God. For all have sinned, as Bertram said. But what does God's word say to us? We must not allow ourselves to be weighed down by our past failures. That we haven't got to dwell on the past so much so that it stops us from moving forward into the future that God has for us. The start, of the, new, the start of the new year is a good time to rise to that challenge, to say to ourselves, with the Lord's help, I'm going to forget my past. I'm going to stop torturing myself about what I did and didn't do. This new year is a good time to stop being chained to our past failures. God is saying here in his word, he doesn't want you to go through life branding yourself as a failure. Remember, Christ died on the cruel cruel cross of Calvary so that we could be forgiven. And when we become Christians, that forgiveness becomes a reality in our lives. When we have receive Christ's forgiveness it allows us to forgive ourselves and to forget our failures maybe that's something you need to do right here this afternoon maybe you'd need to accept Jesus's forgiveness and then forgive yourself now if we struggle with this first commandment commitment commandment sorry commitment then we're going to struggle with the next two commitments So what are they? Might get a bit controversial now. Number two, commit yourself to give up your grudges. Commit yourself to give up your grudges. In Colossians, listen to these words from the book of Colossians, because in them you'll hear the second challenge that I believe God wants us to rise to going into 2020 that will be a significant turning point in our lives. So, chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if one has a complaint against another... Forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. You see, it's not an optional extra. It says that you must forgive. And verse 14. And above all these things put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Did you catch that challenge? God did the... God, in those words, is challenging us directly and personally to give up our grudges. That's what he means when he says, forgive each other whatever quarrels you may have against one another. You see, a grudge is a deep, ongoing resentment that we cultivate in our hearts against someone else. A grudge is an unforgiving spirit that leads to an unforgiving attitude, and if it's left to manifest... Will lead to unforgiving actions. You see, harboring a grudge is about nursing a dislike for someone. You see, what you need to know is that grudges are dangerous and they're destructive. Grudges destroy marriages, grudges break up families, they ruin friendships. They even split churches. I want to tell you this morning that if you're holding a grudge against someone, God has something to say to you. Give it up. Give it up. I want to remind you that grudges are not just destructive but they are also self-destructive. When you hold a grudge against someone else, you will hurt yourself as much and perhaps more than you'll hurt the person that you're holding a grudge against. As I was preparing this message, it reminded me of grudge, a grudge I held against a family member for 10 years before I become a Christian. I didn't want that person in my house. I made excuses about going to their house. When I saw them, it became uncomfortable. Family gatherings were difficult. I became judgmental towards them. If you keep harbouring a grudge, eventually it will destroy you. Not just emotionally, but also spiritually. It will make you a bitter and twisted person. And that's what I'd become towards that person. You see, we all remember the parable that Jesus told about the the, the servant that was forgiven a huge debt, forgiven by the king. And then he refused to forgive someone else a tiny amount. Jesus said that his unforgiving spirit landed him in prison. Unforgiving servants... Always end up in prison. And when we think about that story, it's in Matthew eighteen thirty-five. Well, eighteen, but verse thirty-five. Jesus says this. He says this very interesting thing. He says, "So also my Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother. Check it from your heart." So how do you know when you've completely forgiven someone? It's when you see them. Does that resentment no longer boil within you? Because if it does, you ain't forgiven them. So don't sentence yourself to prison. Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus said, whoever the son sets free is free indeed. You see, he opens the prison door. But check it, you refuse to leave. Because you're, you think that you're torturing that person, not realising that you're the only one that's being tortured. They've gone on with their lives. They haven't got a clue that you walk around holding this grudge. So, give up your grudges. Forgive each other, whatever you may have against one another. Notice what God's word is saying here. He isn't asking you to ignore what the person's done to you. He doesn't ask you to pretend it didn't happen. He doesn't ask you to, to, to condone it or to pretend it doesn't matter. What God asks you to do is to forgive the grievance. That means to acknowledge how wrong and painful it was and then decide to forgive that person who did the wrong to you. Is there anyone here today who needs to give up their grudges to forgive that grievance against someone else? Some of you may need to give up the grievance that you have against that parent for what they did to you in the past. That absent or abusive father or mother... Maybe there's a need to forgive that child that caused you no end of trouble, which led to the breakdown of your relationship. That child that caused the rift in the family. That father or mother who took off be- when you were young because they couldn't handle the responsibility of raising a child. All over the country, we have siblings not talking to Siblings. Is there anyone here today? While we were street preaching last Saturday, I was speaking on the subject of forgiveness. I was telling the story about my father that ran out on us when we were when we were kids, leaving my mother to raise us by herself. A young mother with her baby and her son came down and sat down and, and listened. Because that's her story. She told Brother Andrew, Sir Mr Carnegie, that she'd been left to raise four children on her own. And two of them were autistic. These are the kind of broken lives that we need to reach on the street. I know I said to Mark, I'm not going to mention it, but these are the broken lives that we've been reaching in the food bank. You see, I don't hold a a grudge against my father. He's my dad. He's my dad. I thank God that he's now a believer. Man 77, he become a believer about two years ago. There's hope for all of us, right? There's hope for that kid that's gone astray. There's hope for that daughter that will have nothing to do with it and she just ran him right. There's hope. Some of you may need to give up a grudge against someone at work. Someone that didn't treat you well. And now you're in a place where every Monday morning comes, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, and you've got to go into work, and you've got no peace about going there. Because you're going to see that person. And like I said, that grievance is going to boil up in you. paralyzing you some of you need to give up a grudge that stems from an argument that you had with someone controversial some of you may even need to give up a grudge you have against someone in this congregation and make your peace going into 2020 God says that deep-seated resentment that you have against that person has to go. Maybe it's someone from your past that, as I speak, they come to your mind. And you know there's a grievance there, been there years, but you've both gone your separate ways. So you know what, as far as you're concerned, that's over. But it's still there. It's still there. Maybe not in the forefront of your mind. So what better time to make that difficult decision to forgive than the start of the new year? Now don't tell God that you can't forgive. Because what you really mean is that you won't forgive. But you don't know what they did to me, you may say. Do you know what your sin did to the Son of God? If Christ can forgive your sin, despite the fact that it cost him pain on a a cross for a debt that he did not owe, then surely you can give up your grievance that you have with someone else. Can't you? Remember, the only one that suffers from unforgiveness is you. You are not meant to carry the load from year to year. Hurts need to be given to the Lord, not carried around. The question is, will you do it? So our third commitment for 2020. Commit yourself to restore your relationships commit yourself to restore your relationships just like our computers every now and again they need they need rejigging rerunning um, to make sure that they're running properly you know you have these little signs that come up that says you know you need to do some updates you need to sort out your computer you need to configure it a bit God's word issued the same invitation To check whether our relationships are working properly. Here's how God issues that challenge. Romans 12, 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. The important phrase here is as much as depends on you. The challenge for each of us is... For us to do all we can to restore that relationship. Some of our relationships might have gone wrong because of what other people have done to us. And they may not want to restore the relationship. You see, the Lord recognises that. And that's why he starts by saying, if possible. But let's be honest. Some of our relationships have gone wrong because what we've done. When God's word says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone, it is saying, if you've caused a rift in a relationship, then you have a responsibility to do everything you can to restore it. That everything includes the one thing that we all probably find most difficult asking for forgiveness. I'm sure I'm not the only person here today who finds it hard to say I'm sorry to the people that we're closest to. I wonder how many relationships are not all that they should be simply because someone will not say I was wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I'm certain that some of us need to ask for forgiveness for that harsh word or that cut and remark that really wounded someone. Maybe God is saying to some of you that the new year is the right time to restore the relationships we may have ruined. By going and sincerely saying that you're sorry for those angry words for those selfish or unthoughtful actions. Make no mistake, it's gonna be hard. But one of the most significant things that you can do to mark the new year is to admit your past errors in a relationship and to humbly seek forgiveness from the one you've hurt. Will you rise to that challenge and make a commitment to restore your broken relationships This new year. So our fourth and final commitment for 2020. Again, difficult. Commit yourself to turn your back on your transgressions. Commit yourself to turn your back on your transgressions. The New Testament says sorry. The New Testament says that is exactly how many Christians choose to live. You see Christ died to set us free. The Holy Spirit has given us the power to be free. But just like those former slaves, many of us Christians choose to obey our old master, sin. Romans 6:12 Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. That's the last challenge. If we will rise to meet it, it will make this new year a truly significant turning point for us. When God says for us not to let sin control us, sorry, to control the way we live and not to give in to its lustful desires... He's issuing the challenge to turn our backs on our transgressions. It's those begetting sins. What's meant by begetting sins? It's those particular sins that Christians are prone to doing time and time again. For most of us, when we get saved, we can give up. We can give up loads of things. We can give up the not drinking, we can give up the not smoking, we can give up all kinds of things. But there are certain sins that we all battle with. Those sins that we can't get rid of. They're there. They follow us everywhere. You know like the story of the rich young ruler. I've never lied. I've not done this. He, he, all of those stuff. He could give them up. There was no problem for him. But when it came to his money. Uh, 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 he couldn't give it up. Begetting sin. See we can choose To. 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 Give in to our besetting sins and start living a double life. Giving in to a particular sin time after time and then being overcome by guilt to the point where we're paralysed by it. No matter how hard we try, we just can't get the victory over it. It's like the man with the growth on his neck. He won't do anything about it, he just learns to live with it. Does that sum up the attitude of many of us towards our begetting sins? We won't do anything about it. We just learn to live with it. You see, your spirit life can become crippled because you have learned to live with your begetting sin or with a begetting sin. Do you have a quick temper that you constantly give in to? A tongue that loves to assassinate other people's characters or wound their feelings? Have you learned to live with that critical, judgmental attitude that you know is wrong? Is there some other sin that you keep on moving into? God here in his word challenges us to turn our backs on that sin, whatever it is. To stop letting it control the way we live. To stop giving in to it. He wants us to stop obeying our old master. Amen. Let's be clear about this. Jesus' death broke the power of sin. The Holy Spirit can give us the power to resist sin. That means we don't have to go into this new year still being defeated by that same old sin. You can have the victory over it. God says you are no longer a slave to sin. So we don't need to act like one. If you will ask for God's forgiveness for your sin and his power to resist that sin, then this new year can be for you not just a new era not just a new decade in history but a new era in your spiritual life don't miss that opportunity so in conclusion it all boils to the, it all boils down to this will this year be just a calendar change event for you Are you willing to rise to these challenges from God's word and make these commitments and make it a life-changing event? Are you willing to make these commitments for 2020? Have the courage right here today to forgive yourself and forget the past to forgive others who have hurt you and to forgive whatever grievances you have. To ask for forgiveness from those you have hurt and as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. To ask for God's forgiveness and no longer be a slave to those begetting sins. You see, let's not drag a mess from 2019 Into 2020. Let's leave it in 2019. Where it belongs. Let's pray. Father. Lord. Jesus Christ. Our saviour. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the power that you've given us to defeat those grudges and those enemies and the sin and all those things and help us Lord to to, to walk out of the prison cell. The doors are open but we refuse to leave. Help us Lord. You died to set us free. No greater love than this than a man should lay down his life for a friend. The one that came and died to set us free. Let us live as people that are free. So Lord, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.